Now presenting. And I'm so sick of people saying that that love is just all a woman is fit for. I'm so sick of it. The Cinema Chicks Podcast. Maybe I'm one of those people that has always wanted to do it, but it's like a pipe dream. Totally by guess. Snap out of it. Starring Hope Johansson. I'm not a poet. I'm just a woman. And Madeline Rancourt. Yeah, Call me Ladybird like Christine. you said you would. Hey, I'm Hope. Hey, I'm Madeline. And we are the Cinema Chicks. Hope, just give me a minute. I'm pulling up my letterbox because it's been a minute since we've updated each other on what we've seen recently. Exactly. Happy New Year. Mm -hmm. It's January. We're getting into the thick of awards season. Yes, the Golden Globes have just happened. What a crazy night. Um, And we'll talk about that in our next, next episode. But... Since it's been the wrap of the year, Letterboxd has wrapped – well, okay, I haven't gotten the email, but the email should be coming soon of our wrap for the year of Letterboxd. Yes. Um, but I will tell you, every year I'm like in a crunch to hit 150 movies on Letterboxd. And 150? Yeah. My goal was 100 this year. Okay. Did you hit it? I don't know. Okay. You, you'll find I think out I'm, soon. I think I'm real close. Okay. I um sorry I'm like okay fine me no um so they sent an email saying that they wrap it every year on New Zealand time which I was like oh that makes so much sense oh. yes because every year I've like last day crunched my numbers like how many short films do I have to watch right. and I never make it so I was like okay I I have this prep whatever um and I I still didn't make it because that day I I got busy with my mom and I was like I'm gonna go home and Disney Plus has a bunch of Disney shorts and yes here's my rant and I'll make this brief but my thing is that even on Letterboxd you can um there's like a a filter to not show the short films you've watched oh I will say that offends me because first of all I think that's valid short films are movies why would okay right count? no okay okay you're saying i'm valid not letterbox oh no okay. you're valid i was like mm. oh no no i'm kidding so what makes the length of a movie not a movie a movie that's yeah i don't like that you know like okay if i do a 10 minute podcast or i do two hour podcast it's a podcast regardless exactly like, so that maybe some people will say watching a bunch of short films to reach a number is cheating, but it's still a movie just because it's a like a different length. If I exactly. watch an hour movie, I don't think it's not a movie just because it's not two and a half hours, not because it's three hour Babylon or Avatar Way of the Water, whatever. It's still a movie. Right. So if it's four minutes long, it's still a movie. Anyways, so I watched a bunch of Disney Plus short films because I love Disney short films. And that was my plan. Like till midnight, I was going to watch Cute. a bunch. My sister caught me. <laughs> I was watching them. And then she goes, what was that? And my phone just dropped because I fell asleep. Aww. And then in the morning, I tried to log it. And it wouldn't work because it was the new year in New Zealand. And I no. wanted to cry. So I don't think I'm at 150. I haven't gotten the email yet, but I'm not there yet. But yeah, I ended the new year watching a lot of Disney Plus short films, I think. And That's fun. So yeah, I was updating my family and I was like, guys, I like I was updating them on the numbers. And like one day I was at like 119. And then suddenly the next day I'm at like 135. And they're like, how did you get there? You didn't watch that many movies. Like that's not physically possible with time. It was like, it's a bunch of short films, but that counts. Exactly. And I gave them my whole spiel about like why should the length oh integrity that's the word um why should the length of a film dictate its integrity yeah of being a film it still is a film to me so i stand by that point when people are like oh have you like you know like i've made short films and just because they're not feature length doesn't mean it's not 
something I worked on. Right. You know, anyways, that's my, that's my spiel. sensitive. Yeah. Have you seen anything since we last chatted? So the Christmas season for me is mm. a lot of rewatching because it has always been a tradition in my family that we watch the same Christmas movies every season. Same. So mm. I've, I've done a lot of Christmas rewatching. And I think on Christmas Day, I watched four movies, <gasps> Good, which was really great. Yeah. Um, you know, a good, one of my personal favorites is Eloise at Christmas Time. My sister and I were going to watch it. I don't think I've ever seen it. You've never seen Eloise at Christmas Time? We it were going to watch it and then we didn't. It's one of my, I think it's on YouTube for free. I, I think it is. Yeah. I know for sure it's on Amazon. Oh, okay. Or okay. It is on a streaming platform now. Maybe I'll watch it this week. But anyway, Christmas it's Christmas Vibes Forever. Christmas Vibes Forever. It's one of my favorite movies and one of my first crushes as a child was Gavin Creel. Oh my god. He's uh, in it? Yes, Gavin Creel is in it. He's oh, like Eloise's best friend. He works at the plaza. What? Oh my god, and I need to see this. Then when I was He must have been young. He he was very young. Okay, okay. He's very young and very cute. And as a child, of course, I did not know that he was gay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. but for my sixteenth birthday <laughs> for my sixteenth birthday, uh that was on one of my college visit trips to New York and I went to see She Loves Me. Yeah. Which he was in with yes. so many other people I love. Jane Lauren Krasinski. Benanti, oh my Jane God. Krasinski, Zachary Levi. I watched that Broadway whatever. The, the, was, yep. The, the stream. stream of it so many times. I, I Vanilla did Ice Cream, I tried to sing 12 million times. Yeah. It's my go-to audition song. I am a soprano. Mm -hmm. Anyway, that's not movie related, but I love it. Ga Gavin Creel has my heart forever and ever and I got to meet him <gasps> after the show because they were doing a Broadway Cares Equity Fights AIDS oh, fundraiser yeah. and he was out holding a bucket and I was like hi I just wanted to let you know I'm I love you so much and you were like my f first crush as a child and he's like honey no <laughs> no he gave me a kiss <gasps> he was like oh my gosh give me a kiss and I was <gasps> like oh my whole life was made oh um, my god happy sweet 16 to I me i never knew this anyway yeah that's that's one of my favorite stories Your claim to fame my, my claim to fame gavin krill kissed me when i was 16. <laughs> anyway lots of lots of rewatching eloise at christmas time meet me in st louis which mm. i do consider a christmas movie because you're gonna hate me because judy garland sings have yourself a merry little christmas you've never seen meet me in st louis no. oh gosh but, well you know what i have seen Sex in the City, where Jennifer Hudson's character says she loves that movie. Exactly. Yeah. You know what? You're, so every time the, I think of Meet Me in St. Louis, I think there. of Jennifer Hudson in Sex in the City. That's halfway there. Okay, um, thank you. I'll, I'll give that to you. Mm -hmm. But speaking of Christmas movies, there is a new Christmas movie that came out. The Hello Sunshine produced <gasps> I something saw from Tiffany. I saw it too. Which... I honestly really enjoyed and will be rewatching next Christmas season. Really? I thought it was really sweet and it felt like it Hallmark? felt like a holiday movie, but not it didn't feel that hallmarky okay. to me. And I liked seeing all the sights of New York, so maybe I'm just yes. a sucker for Yeah. Although New it didn't York make City sense. I was like, film. why'd they go from Brian Park to all the way? I was like, they're really walking around. It's true. They're it's really true. walking around. But I, I did like it. Mm -hmm. I, I'm not also the Tiffany's in Soho does not exist next to that Chloe, but Yes okay. it does. It's new? It it's I mean it ben was there when I used to to oh. live down there and Oh my god, there. I was shaming the movie because of that. I told my sister, I was like, that's a fake Tiffany. No, it's a real it Tiffany. not next to that Chloe There's and I know it. There's a Tiffany's in Soho. Oh, I'm a fake. 
Well, and the other reason okay. I know that too was I did receive a Christmas present last year from that oh, Tiffany's. So okay. anyway, anyway, anyway. Okay, so you're really relating to this movie. I yeah, I loved it. I'm not the biggest Zoe Dutch fan. Oh, I am not. She's a movie with her mom and her sister, and it's no, my most lengthy. Zoe. Yes, her mom I think wrote it or something. Oh, I don't know, God. but it's my most lengthy letterbox review. I think it has like ten bullet points. Oh, and love. It's just tearing it to shreds that's fine she no, just I, I think this is the kind of movie for her though i i yeah i she didn't bug me in it yeah. and i thought it was really sweet and wholesome and a very basic plot and i i just didn't like them ending up together sorry spoiler alert but i didn't <laughs> i didn't i thought i thought it was cute and it was cute but it wasn't like why why i know you're really I gonna know. like you're i was telling my sister and i was like sure like if i'm not in a relationship so like I meet a guy and I spend time and I'm like, oh, what if this is something, you know? Right. But like when you are and you're about to get married, like I don't think you spend two seconds with a man and you're like, should I cheat? I you know. know. Like, I, I don't know. I was a little, a little I, wild. I kind of liked with it. With a child involved? Right. I thought it was a little crazy. I don't know. I thought it was cute and fun. Okay. And I will I, stop judging. I re- well, and I also related to Reese Witherspoon doing – press about it and she, oh, talked, she did she did a ton i didn't even know i'm sorry i saw it on tiktok love and on film twitter i found about the movie from tiktok yeah and she mm-hmm. did a lot of press about it and she was like you know i i grew up loving christmas movies and i just always had this burning desire to make a another like classic christmas movie okay and i don't know i thought it was cute it didn't feel hallmarky yeah to me it's a little more than that it, yeah it's the, the production value is yeah yeah true so, so much, much better. better yeah but i did love the new york aspect I, yeah i can't lie yeah so that that was my my big watch but oh, the bigger watch mm-hmm. that we got to see together and mm-hmm. go back to the movies for was what we're talking about today empire of light yes this is it's not a holiday movie but it, i mean honestly it kind, kind of, of new year yeah the you're a right. big plot point is new year's eve oh and the God, fireworks right. which is also the movie poster yeah one of the versions of the movie poster is new year's eve so yes there's always so many consider versions. it a holiday movie okay yeah, we could rewatch it around the holidays. It's kind of the same thing as like Meet Me in St. Louis. Like, I'll th- take your word for that. <laughs> okay, Meet Me in St. Louis takes place over a whole year, and okay. they do every season. Okay, so Christmas is just a season, but it like ends Annie. in the spring. I've talked about yeah. how Annie. Like, do we call it a Christmas movie? Because like my community theater did it as our Christmas play, but like so many summer stocks do it, and I'm like Christmas right. in July. Well, like, and, you never and know. My Christmas theater experience is mm-hmm. Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat. Which is like biblical, but like not. But doesn't have to deal with Christmas. Christmas, but they did it yeah. every year at Christmas. Oh, so okay. Anyway, so yeah, it's up for debate. I'm gonna consider it Empire of Light a holiday film for Sam Mendes. Yes, I was so excited because this is Sam Mendes. It's directed by him and it's written by him, and also he produced it with Pippa Harris. And it's starring Olivia Coleman, Michael Ward, Monica Dolan, and Colin Firth. Yeah. I don't think I realized Colin Firth was in this until I didn't, he came under the screen. I was like, and Colin. Asked, and asked for his paper to be sucked off. Uh-huh. The, yeah. I, I can uh-huh. never unsee or unhear him being asked to be sucked off. Um, I yeah. wish I – I do wish. Well, if I remember I correctly, like, a lot of people in our theater were like, oh, Colin. Yeah, right. Like, Colin, you you sly dog. Yeah. 
It was a little wild. It, Isn't he in Mamma Mia? Am I making yes, that? Yeah, he's, yeah, he's okay. the gay one in Mamma Mia. Yeah, yeah, you're right. This movie, um, I we've talked about this before. I have such a soft spot for movies about movies. Um, of course, that's part of Something why that appreciates cinema, which, yes. which is a lot of what we're seeing this award season. We have mm-hmm. the Fablemans, we have Empire of Light, we have Babylon. Yes. All different takes on movies about movies and i feel like it's only natural because it's like as a director or a writer or an actor of course you're drawn to the things that inspire you absolutely for me the things that mostly inspire me are films so absolutely of course like if i'm sure if i read a script that was about a movie about a movie or movies about movie whatever if it was about films i would i sign on to that immediately immediately yeah no ifs ands or buts i mean even within a way which she said that was kind of a similar thing that was about the film industry. So I think we're seeing a lot of that. And obviously like art influences art and like artists are writing about what they've experienced and it's that. And um, I think this is kind of interesting for Sam Mendes because we've seen him do a war film most recently. And this felt a little bit more like a softer, romantically involved film you know he did skyfall he did 1917 and i love those and he did american beauty and like okay not that that, like it's a revolutionary road like it's it's a little more similar to or maybe the most similar to american beauty that he's done in terms of like a i haven't seen it oh you're gonna hate you've never seen american beauty no you know Madeline. Yeah, I guess this is like most similar to that, but it feels in like terms of a romance. But this is yeah. very, very romantic. Absolutely, yeah. a love life story that focuses on Olivia Coleman, who is a manager mm-hmm. at a movie theater mm-hmm. in England, and she starts this kind of friendship that turns love affair with a young black man. Yeah. And they have a considerable age gap. It's in the 1980s, which it's, is it's set in the 80s. They're like, which is Ugh. a big part of the, the context. Yeah, in terms of, in their relationship too, and in and the politics of it all too. Mm-hmm. I personally am a fan of the British rock slash punk mm-hmm. scene mm-hmm. in the 80s. So seeing the the one female employee who's who. Yeah, ducked out in like the eighties. Crazy, punk. never seen. Yes, it's. I absolutely love. I. The, she was fun to watch. She was so much fun to watch. The last book I read was Viv Albertine's memoir about being in the Slits, which was oh. uh the one of the first female punk bands mm-hmm. at the time. And I also listened to a podcast called No Dogs in Space, which is about rock bands yes that you've told me about yeah i love no dogs in space but it's most of the the rock scene like the beatles like the rolling stones it all stemmed from the british invasion yeah and in the 80s we get this weird crossover of people who like rock and roll express themselves in Mm -hmm. you know a little edgier way like the girl in this movie does but then that also kind of cross contaminates with the skinhead mm-hmm. movement which are like the the white nationalists yeah. like the which is ultra conservative trumpers of our time now yeah. and that's what we see so i having 
consumed a lot of media about that lately, I was really excited to be like, oh, I know about like the actual, the real life history of this. Yeah. Um, no, that's interesting because I didn't come into this with that. I don't know much about like rock or punk or the skinheads. The skinheads are like, I really, I have to admit, like, if anything, like, British history is probably like the least interesting to me just because it feels so like close to our own right it's not but it's like it's just speak English like uh. I wouldn't have known any of it either if it wasn't so like closely tied with music no one is but it's music and really any kind of media is always political and also like yeah Vivian Westwood who just passed away who was uh really influential in the Mm -hmm. British punk scene as well and with all of those bands that were up and coming they were all dressed by her Mm -hmm. but her big thing too was fashion is political yeah it's all political and i i liked that aspect of it and it played a massive part in the relationship that was the focus of the movie which was really crazy i feel like from the trailers we didn't get get that it was going to be so much about like racial violence no i didn't i didn't know that at all and i i almost wonder i thought it was going to be more about the movie theater tbh yeah i almost wonder if that was intentional with the trailer it's interesting i've talked about this we didn't we didn't talk about till on the podcast as like a film as a whole but i i've mentioned it in episodes where i saw that and they talked about how till was created by a black director and a black female director at that and she didn't want to create more trauma in that way so she didn't show the violence and in this film you do see that violence and i don't want to discredit sam mendez but obviously until we knew that violence we didn't need to see it and in this i don't want to say we needed to see it but we don't this is a fictional character we didn't know what was going to happen to him and in a way this was seen And maybe we did need to see that to understand the full story, especially within the context of the British invasion and all of that, um, where the story of Emmett Till is so ingrained in American culture that living in America, and I'm not saying that this movie is just made for American audiences, but Till as an American audience, hopefully you learned that story and you know his story, Um, Empire of Light, it's fictional, so we don't know this, but um, it does beg the question of what needs to be seen in a trailer so people aren't going into something not knowing. And I think that leads us to your point about Olivia Coleman's character. And- yeah, I had a little bit of an issue. I mean, I guess I don't know how you portray mental health issues as being a big part of a plot in a trailer. However, mm. Olivia Coleman's yeah, character has a lot of mental health issues and at one point she has a complete mental health crisis to the point that the cops are at her door and Mm -hmm. her social worker is there and she's not forcibly taken but there's inference that she's been forcibly taken to the hospital in the past Mm -hmm. but she's hospitalized for her mental illness and i found that to be really triggering Mm -hmm. for myself for personal reasons and I wish I would have known that going in. And it made me a little upset because it's like, I like going into a movie not having to research the tagline or the plot or anything. I think we should be able to see a trailer and be like, oh my gosh, I want to see that movie and not be... Having to search 
uncomfortable review of it yeah yeah and not be like uncomfortable in the middle of it and and like really blindsided yeah i i don't know that there should be trigger warnings for movies i feel like that might be a little too far in terms of sensitivity even though that's stuff that we do in the theater now Mm -hmm. but i don't i don't know i i could have done without that plot point and i don't think it added to yeah the whole of the movie i don't know if there was like a clear there was not a really clear theme or narrative other than love in hard times right i guess even though they don't end up together either it's i don't know it was an interesting film it was beautiful i think sam mendes is a great director i think olivia coleman will absolutely get award season buzz Mm -hmm. for this role but uh, it was okay no i think that's absolutely valid it's hard because i think we're towing the line of like you know you have these people on facebook that are like everybody's triggered by everything right what do we do these days i can't even put my shoes on without somebody saying they're triggered like right calm down like you also admit and please admit that you also get triggered like that is a human instinct and like who are you to dictate what somebody is affected by and i think that's very valid and i think this is a good point of okay we don't have to like have this whole pre-show of like this is what you're gonna see but i think it does need to be included in the trailer because the mental health and the violence in this was not disclosed before and i'm not saying Because honestly, okay, once you buy your movie ticket and that plays before the movie, what are you really going to do? I mean, yes, you could could up and leave, but at that point, it's a little too late. Exactly. So I think the trailer is the point. And I agree, like, it's not like you should have to like, oh, I might possibly be triggered by these things. Let me research every review of every movie I want to see. And like, especially somebody like us, like we see a lot of movies. I'm not, I like to go in not knowing anything. Like that's the excitement of going to see a movie is like, this is the unknown and I'm going to be brought into a story. Like, okay, books, other than like what's on the back page, we don't read any, we don't know what a book is about. So why does a movie have to be like this whole exactly. spiel about what you're going to see? I just want to go see it and like, let it be. Like I read a book because I like the author. I see a movie because I like the directors. I like the actors. It doesn't need this whole before. And also mental health as a plot point in this did to me feel like it was, hard because that was honestly the point that i felt like oh this is olivia coleman's moment Mm -hmm. but that shouldn't be used as a device to have the moment and the breakthrough okay let's bring up la la land (laughs) okay like her oscar moment and the reason emma stone won the oscar is because she's crying outside of her car about going to an audition that wasn't exactly a mental health crisis and i feel like this movie does feel relevant in the way that yes it takes place in the 80s but these are issues that we're still dealing with today and i and i did see it for that point and like honestly i related to it in different ways than you did um but because it did feel still relevant to me and i've dealt in some way or another with similar topics and this film, I, I left it being like, oh, wow, like, it's so interesting how they took this British 80s movie. Well, it, it doesn't, it, it's not a movie from 
the 80s in England, but you know, this movie set in that time and yet it still feels relevant yep. to me today living in New York City. Like that I appreciated. Exactly. Um, but to what point are we taking that and it feels so relevant that it's triggering. And also, um, I wanna say, I don't am I wrong for saying like it's disclosed that she has schizophrenia? Was I that I don't remember what it was, but I think they did mention I, what yeah i she is suffering from or dealing with so yeah they never disclose what she's going through and honestly that does feel real to the 80s because i mean i've i've heard my parents talk about how growing up they didn't know what people were going through because they didn't they didn't know how to diagnose that so i did feel like that was relevant of like how the situation was handled even though it was really triggering and I do think that should have been mentioned before I think the way that it was handled was really frightening but also given that it was the yeah. 80s did feel really so real. maybe that's totally appropriate I don't yeah I don't know and I don't want to be annoying about it no either, no but I <sighs> it's no it's so relevant because even for me like I haven't personally experienced that but I I, I did my now I'm opening up but my great-grandmother was hospitalized for schizophrenia and that's maybe it shouldn't be but that's always been like a deep yeah. fear of mine is like oh it's kind of generational and maybe for me and and I've often wondered is that would would she have been treated differently had this had happened now and I remember visiting her in the hospital and not understanding why she was hospitalized yeah. because in this movie it says even the synopsis, she has depression, but she experiences mood swings. And I mean, who's to say what what that would be diagnosed as? Right. Um, I don't know. I guess I just kind of in my head took it as schizophrenia. Maybe that's not what it actually was a portrayal of. Um, and maybe the vagueness was to describe that this is the 80s and that nobody knew and that she was frustrated by not being understood. And in that sense, I did not understand and not relate but i understood that sense of it but to your point i do think this really is an interesting topic <laughs> like not that we're like pioneers but i haven't right. heard anybody talk about that within this movie of like yeah what are we not including in trailers that we should be including because i think we have two really valid points of this movie that both of us found triggering in different ways yeah. in different situations and i can only imagine how others feel if i feel triggered by this exactly um as somebody who's really only experienced these things from a distance I'm speaking from a privilege saying that and it's I, I mean I can only imagine and I'm not trying to shit on Sam Mendes or Olivia Coleman for that but right I also haven't seen a lot of press for this so it makes no. you wonder what happened what happened there did the ball get dropped it's also interesting there's actors that do a shit ton of press you know you look at Babylon like you have Margot Robbie she's an A-lister and Olivia Coleman has an Oscar but she's older and she's not yeah. uh dare i say she's not like sexy like she's right. not she's not commercialized is what i should right. say so she's not frequently on jimmy kimmel jimmy fallon uh, seth meyers late night show like right. she's not on all those things so maybe these topics just aren't being mentioned but i think if your producer or your 
I don't know, somewhere part of a movie and you know this is part of the movie that you're pitching to audiences that needs to be mentioned. I agree. All in all, I'm happy I saw it. It was Me too. beautiful as all Sam, Sam Mendes films are. Oh, the cinematography. I literally wanted to Stunning. take a photo of everything also yep. because it's a movie about a movie and that's I'm very partial to and I just... And an absolutely beautiful movie theater that they worked yeah. at. Oh my god. Yeah. But yeah, I don't I don't know if it's one I'll be giving a rewatch, but I think it's a worthy movie. Like I mm-hmm. I would I would say it's Cinema Chicks approved. Like it's a good movie. Yeah. It's it's just I'm happy that we have a platform to give people a heads warning. up. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. I personally I really enjoyed it. I think I will watch it again. I also I mean, it's just visually stunning, and I think I've seen a lot of movies that aren't, and yeah. it's, even if, like, there's there's other things for you to focus on, I think. I mean, hopefully, unless yeah. unless it's really, truly consuming, which is completely valid, but visually, it's, like, always something beautiful to be watching, Yes, and I really appreciated that. I think that the writing was subtle but really beautiful. I think that the relationship that is talked about in it is one that we really don't see, especially in period films. Yeah. I feel like we do in like um Bridgerton, you know, right. or something like that. But this was something really unexpected. It had a lot of layers to it. It has this interracial couple. It has the fact that he's moving away. It has the fact that she is dealing with her mental health and also there's an interesting age gap that's not necessarily talked about not at all it's not talked about at all and i found that really interesting because that could have been a very interesting discussion yeah but i honestly liked it more that it wasn't talked about i agree because i think it's those sort of things that like both of their characters were like tiptoeing around the elephant in the room yeah. But they had that connection that they didn't want to address that and it wasn't relevant and they were just happy to spend that time together. So I I found this film really interesting. Again, I think that this is a point for trailers to take note and uh, there needs to be some work around that and I want to rewatch the trailer. I mean, I watched it a million times throughout this past season because it played before every movie and I was like, oh my god, I have to see. But like, yeah, all I remember from it is like movie theater, fireworks, Olivia Coleman sitting in front of that screen when she finally goes and sees a movie, which yes. was a beautiful moment. Oh, beautiful, beautiful. And yeah, I would say this is Cinema Chicks approved. I would say definitely, I mean, I would think if you're listening to the podcast, you've um, seen it. But if you haven't, go into it with knowing that there is triggering topics in this. And if anything, I mean, I haven't heard this conversation, but maybe we will spark this conversation. Um, I think this is a moment for trailers to um, make a change. I mean, it's been an interesting time. We're seeing, especially with social media, trailers are so different than how they used to be. Now it's not just playing before a movie. It's not just on your TV. We see it on TikTok. We see it on social media. Trailers are made into memes. We have that new movie, Megan, about this like AI doll, which I actually want to see. I do too. I heard it came out and it's hilarious. Um, So I do want to see that. We should go see it. Yes. I've heard it's scary, but not actually scary because it's like comical at the same time. So I think you can do it, Hope. 
I think um, I can too. But like even trailers are memefied. So then trailers become something of their own before we even see the movie. Right. And I mean, I mentioned that movie Megan to my coworker because she enjoys horror movies and she's like, the meme? And I was like, what meme? And she's like, you haven't seen the jokes the about it on online? And I was like, oh no. So, I mean, I think trailers are just different now. And I think especially with um, indie films or really serious films, like I don't think this movie's- Under the radar. Yeah, I don't think this movie's playing at my local Regal, honestly. Like I checked the showtimes uh, to see when my sister could see Babylon and I didn't see Empire of Light on there. So I don't think this is going to be seen by everybody, but that doesn't mean that it shouldn't have the appropriate warning for an o- for its audience. And on that note, that's a wrap. Thanks so much for listening to today's episode. If you enjoyed, you can rate and review us on your favorite podcast platform. You can also follow us on Instagram at the Cinema Chicks and on TikTok at Cinema Chicks. And if you want to be friends, you can follow me on Instagram at Madeline Daisy Rancourt and on Letterboxd at Madeline Daisy. Or you can follow me on Instagram at Hope Johansson and on Letterboxd at H Joha. And before we end today, we'd like to thank our sponsors. The love of movies. Impromptu speeches. And Olivia Coleman for playing the perfect weary woman. Thanks for listening. I'm so glad we had that talk. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much.